So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, there we go. We did it. We're back. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Week one in the books, and oh my, was it a glorious week of football. Oh, oh, There's I am so happy. much. There was so much football. More football than we've had in quite some time. Real football, Dustin, with real implications and real scores and everything. I know. It was so much fun. Um, I know, Jake, unfortunately, you didn't get to watch too much football this weekend as you were uh, on vacation. But, uh, yeah, you missed some good stuff. I hope you got caught up on all the highlights and everything so far. But, yeah, it was a great week one, especially the uh, early games on uh, Sunday. Uh, those were some some great games. I really had a lot of fun watching it. And just it makes me happy that football's back now. Finally, we can quit talking about speculation and hot takes and bold predictions and all this other stuff. Now we're just into the nuts and bolts. Here we are just working our way towards that championship. That that is right. Now I yes, as you alluded to, I was uh, on vacation with the misses. We were celebrating uh, a little bit early our one year wedding anniversary, so we took a trip up to Door County in northern Wisconsin to celebrate. Uh, that's where our beer beer will be from this week, by the way. But I did get a chance. So on on Sunday, we holed up at this great little dive bar called AC Tap, which is where. A.J. Dillon himself apparently really likes to go because they have great little uh, wings and whatnot. So we were there for several hours soaking up all of the football. A.J. Dillon did that place proud. Sadly, the rest of the Packers did not. But (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that was a rough game to watch. Uh, We're not going to, you know, wax too heavily here and uh, drown our sorrows. But... Yeah, we've got other things to talk about. Here. We don't got to wax it all, Dustin. We no. can talk about good things. Yes, no, it's going to be a fun episode here tonight. We're doing a little reaction, overreaction, and action. Three things. So, yeah, we, we're each going to uh, touch on just a reaction that we saw from football this weekend. An overreaction. It's an appropriate reaction. Yes, right? an appropriate like not reaction. an outsized yes. reaction. Yeah. Yes. And then overreaction, what you should not be overreacting to in week one, because we all know players didn't live up to their expectations or someone popped off that we didn't think they were going to. We're, we're, we're each going to pick an overreaction in, that we think people are going to have out there and say, just cool the Jets. This is not not a react. No, no time to overreact here. And then we're going to give you a little tip of some action you should be taking to help your fantasy team. It's a three-pronged attack. It is. We're talking about here tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. And to help us get uh, lubricated up for this three-pronger, now there's a couple of bits. First and foremost, the beer of the week, which, as I alluded to, Mm -hmm. comes from my trip. Now, actually, this one was not from the aforementioned Door County in northern Wisconsin. The day before, we headed a little further up north. So any Michiganders out there, we were in uh, your neck of the woods, the wife and I. And we made it up to northern Michigan for Mackinac Island, which is an island. Dustin, if you didn't know this, you can't drive vehicles on there. You have to take a ferry, you walk aware. it, or you bike it. 
and that's all you can do. Um, so that was not my jam as the. I say you had to do exercise. Person. That was uh, had to be a rough day for you. The eight mile bike ride around the island was not my favorite part, but my favorite part was getting this beer <laughs> afterwards. This is from Sheboygan Brewing, and it is a blood orange honey wheat. Now, this was so damn good out of the tap that I had to go pick up several from the store, bring some mm -hmm. back. Dustin, your first impressions of this beer. Um, I like it. Um, yeah. It's a little sweet, but you would expect that with the honey and the blood oranges. A little, little sweet, uh, but um, not overly sweet. Uh, it's, it's a good summer wheat beer, I feel like. If it was something I could find around here in the area, I'd probably pick some up and enjoy them in a the hot summer or sun. You jump on it. It's got a little yeah. bit of, uh, you know, haze. It's definitely not see-through. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. It's definitely hazy. I will say definitely tastes a little bit better out of the tap, but everything does. Everything does. And uh, also, I think it was, again, as a reward for doing physical activity, it went down even better. Now, I've done no physical activity, so I get no reward. I just drink. It still tastes mm -hmm. Hi, friend. Gotta say hi. We oh. were both about to push oh, the button look at the same at us. time. It was magical. It we was. Did it together. Hi, Faith. <laughs> hi, Faith in the chat. Um, but now there's another bit. Now, Dustin, I don't know the order that you feel comfortable doing this. Uh, you know, there's drunkenness at the top of this episode, uh, every episode with a drunk train, mm -hmm. but there's extra drunkenness coming in tonight. Are you prepared? Do you have an order that you want to do this in? Yeah, let's do the drunk trade first here. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 of the week. All right, so once more, we explore Reddit for our drunk trade of the week. Of course, this one is coming into us from Technopool on Reddit, who says, I traded Aaron Jones for Ramondre Stevenson. Straight up. I forgot to add in the picks that I wanted back. So that makes sense. Trading away Aaron Jones, mm -hmm. very quality fantasy running back for Ramondre Stevenson, an unproven somewhat running back. Uh, the person that they traded with was nice enough to send me a third rounder afterward, basically a pity third, to mm -hmm. say, look, you forgot, you screwed up. I realized this deal was good, too good to be true, and, and I'll do my small part. I'll throw yeah. you a bone, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you still got hose. That is still a terrible <laughs> trade. <laughs> Not much really to say about this one. I mean, Aaron Jones, uh, as we saw this week, is going to be heavily involved in the offense for the Packers. Uh, LaFleur came out after the game and said, you know, eight, eight touches on the night is not nearly enough. So he's going to be even more heavily involved in the coming weeks. Uh, Ramondi Stevenson, as you said, Still kind of unproven. Got some hype, though. We're thinking he could be fantasy relevant. But, I mean, let's be honest. He's not going to be anywhere near what Aaron Jones is going to be this year. Uh, even with the third added on, you know, that just doesn't quite cover it for me. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe surprises will be in store. With Stevenson, I will say, the sort of third running back in uh, Patriot land, and I even am blanking on the name right now, but did did end up getting injured and will be out for a few weeks. So really, it's just Stevenson and Harris uh, pretty much splitting for once. So uh, until they bring in some other obscure name, I guess, to fill in uh, the, the third role there, maybe he'll have more utility 
But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely Aaron Jones is the great side of this. I'm curious. I wish I knew what Technopool's original picks were that he wanted this. Because what I would say would be even, and, and correct me if I'm here, uh, maybe mistaken, if I'm undervaluing still. But I think a second and a third with Stevenson for Jones would be about right. Am I overvaluing? Undervaluing? Uh, that would be closer for me. I I don't know that I would still trade Aaron Jones for that. But it would get you a lot closer. Closer. I'll take closer. By the way, if you can hear me better, I just realized that my mic was coming in through my <laughs> wrong input. So, uh, the drunkenness continues. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see your thoughts, though, Dustin. Have you ever done something where, look, somebody else fucked up, and it was very clear, a league mate fucked up, and you said, all right, I'll be nice, and I'll basically try to help you remedy it? Or, or do you say, nope, screw you. You made the trade. Sit in it. You know, this happened uh, to me, actually. I, w- I was sending out blanket offers here about a month ago, trying to upgrade my quarterback position in, in one of my leagues. And he accepted it and meant to hit decline. I was nice enough and reversed the trade. Uh, just being understanding. Don't want to burn a trade partner. And possibly many trade partners in your league. You only have 11 guys or gals to uh, trade with. So I take the stance that, you know, I don't want to screw people over. I want, I want to win this fair and square. Yeah. I don't want any asterisks by my title. So yes, I'm the nice guy and, and will not, uh, just hold on to a, a mistaken trade. It's a what about man. you? What about you, Jay? Stand up, man. Uh, no, I say, screw you. I say, I say, go to hell, you. I say, now I'm going to block you and you can never chat me again. I, I, I got this one over on you and we're never going to communicate from that sport. That's, that's not at all what I do. I actually had a similar type of thing. Uh, somebody in one of my leagues, this was a couple years back had sent me one offer and then I had, or no, excuse me. I'd sent them an offer and they rejected and countered with something that was way better for me than my original offer and i had them look and i go you might want to look at that just a little bit closer i don't think you meant to just give me more for free and turns out they did not we're appreciative uh and we did kind of revert the the trade there but yeah just be cool just be Mm -hmm. cool i think is the the more of the story yep all right absolutely so we've got a couple of beer bets to pay off for this week, sure. uh, I forgot we made two beer bets. Uh, I, I only knew the um, we only had the one on the sheet that I saw. So when I saw yeah, the second yeah, one added, yeah. I was like, "Oh crap!" Because I was like, I was feeling good about myself. I'm like, I got Jake week one. All right, so we got each other. Conveniently, <laughs> conveniently forgot the one that you did a little bit less great on. I get I it. I get it. But we so, have two. We so have it's, two. It's nice. So, and they're both very lopsided uh, for each of us. So, the first one on the sheet here is Saquon Barkley versus Derrick Henry in full PPR points. Saquon smashed 33.4 points, and Derrick Henry had 8.2. Brutal. Here's what happens when Derrick Henry does not get any catches. He has all of them siphoned off from his backfield mate, Dontrell Hilliard. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't score a touchdown. I mean, you just you just have mm-hmm. to live with a standard sort of non-PPR performance from Derrick Henry. And it's brutal. And meanwhile, Saquon, I mean, goodness, 
goodness, Dustin, you must be thrilled. I know you got him in the second round in our home league. Mm-hmm. You have to just be living it up on multiple, multiple levels. I am. I am very happy. I, I was. I've been in on Saquon as the off season's been going this this year. So to see him come out week one, uh, it's great. Do I think he's going to score thirty three points every single week? Yes. No. Because okay. this Giants offense is not very good, uh, but it is promising to see him kind of back to form in week one. Fair. Well, and, to you, sir, I say, and then you can finish afterwards, but I just want to get this out because otherwise it's going to get stuck in my throat. I'm not going to be able to get it out. Uh, you, sir, are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers. Thank you, sir. And then the bet I lost, our second bet, uh, you had Gabe Davis, and I was taking A-Rob in the Thursday night matchup, kicking off the season. Uh, Gabe Davis, 18.8 points, had that big touchdown catch, and then A-Rob only had 2.2 points. Not good at all. Uh, Frankly, that whole Rams offense struggled. On Thursday night, I don't know if it's just the Bills defense week one, but that was not what I think anyone was expecting to see with this uh, game. So unfortunately, yes, I am back to our unofficial sponsor, Fireball. Please sponsor us. Um, (laughs) Jake, you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Well, would you look at that? It's it's like we're both amazing and both terrible at the That's, same time. It's crazy. I have to give a shout out. Mine was Patty's uh, Irish whiskey. My my folks got this for me and the missus as a wedding gift last year, and we cracked it open as the uh, anniversary celebration. Nice. Not a shot whiskey, I will say, but <laughs> normally pretty good. Uh, it's good to have those under our belt, though, mm-hmm. isn't it? Have those first yep. beer bet payouts out. Yep. So a uh, quick uh, question from the chat here, Jake, before we move on to the main event. Trade Dotson for ETN. Yes. And I'm going to spoil a bit of a segment coming up later that's going to talk about Washington players. But even though I think Johan, Johan Dotson is incredible, uh, and I do think will probably be the rookie wide receiver of the year that you really want for fantasy, I still believe that ETN is going to write the ship and you want a running back more than a wide receiver pretty much always. If they're mm-hmm. going to be close to the same level, I'm going to err on the side of ETN. And I do think ETN comes around to be much more productive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right with you there, um, Jake. I, I concur. Ooh. All right. All right. So, well, let's get in. Let's let's talk about some of this shit here. Dustin. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah, so we are going to start with reactions. Uh, we each picked one from the slate of games this weekend. I will kick us off here, Jake. Uh, my reaction is the Kansas City offense is going to be just fine without Tyree Kill there. I know there's a lot of chatter this offseason. What's the offense going to look like? What are they going to do? You know, Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes are such a dynamic duo. Travis Kelsey's getting older. They bring in a bunch of just... Eh, guys that aren't necessarily quote unquote special. They brought in Juju, uh, MVS from the Packers. Uh, Michael Hardman's going into his third season here, but he hasn't done anything. You know, they just, they got the, the rookie, um, Sky Moore. Sky Moore. 
you know, they bring in a bunch of who's who's of running backs with Ronald Jones and they got the rookie with Isaiah Pacheco and, you know, all these all these new pieces coming in. And we were all questioning, what is this offense really going to look like? I mean, because Tyreek and Kelsey were kind of the focal points here. But now was this going to be more of a spread it around offense? Was it going to be hyper focused on Kelsey? Was one of these wide receivers going to emerge? And, you know, the offense itself. I mean, they they lit the world on fire. And I don't know if that was just a function of week one where they had basically all offseason to prep for this Arizona game, uh, as seen as they were the first uh, uh, game on their schedule. Uh, If it's a function of the defenses just not being quite as caught up as the offense. I think we touched on that last week a little bit. Uh, Or did Andy Reid just really revamp his offense? And this is what the KC offense is going to be. But I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 360 yards, five touchdowns. That's what we all expect. It's not too uh, shabby. Yeah. Not too shabby for old Patty there. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, eight receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Great. That's kind of what we expected. But from these wide receivers, you saw Juju with six receptions for 79 yards. No touchdown, but still very encouraging that he's gotten that much you know, usage. Uh, MVS had four for 44. Uh, Jarek McKinnon got involved in the passing game, uh, much to the chagrin of people out there, I'm sure. And then we also saw a little CEH getting involved in the rush game and the receiving game. He had two receiving touchdowns. What's up with that? Um, so yeah, I, I think our worries are kind of, uh, we're overblown here, wondering what was going to happen with this offense. Andy Reid still got, he's still an offensive genius. You still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best tight ends in the league. They've they've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, seems like that offense is gonna they're gonna do some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who knows? They might even make it to the playoffs, Dustin. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe, maybe I'm talking crazy. Maybe I'm talking crazy. Uh, no, I, I like that. I do wonder at this stage to follow up on this. We have both tempered our expectations for Travis Kelsey. In various ways, mm-hmm. right? Yours was a little bit more about like, yeah, maybe he'll get the yardage, but not the touchdowns or vice versa. Mine was just saying flat out, I'm not going to take him the first two rounds of my drafts. Mm-hmm. I didn't think his production would be that much higher than the average tight end. And now I'm wondering, you know, he was still the focal point. One, do we think that backs off? Like I, the offense as a whole, obviously, is going to be great. Do we think that Travis Kelsey's production takes it down a notch or is this what what we expect week in and week out i think this is probably what you can expect for the majority of the season here barring any sort of injury Uh, unless teams really game plan around removing chavis kelsey to try to force mahomes to go to his other receivers that would be the only way like you know how teams will game plan for certain wide receivers certain tight ends running backs whatever because they're that good well, maybe that's this case now that teams will start to do that with Kelsey because they don't believe these wide receivers are going to be the difference makers. So he he could see some double coverages or, you know, there could be some games where he gets shut down. But I think overall, I mean, he at this point, locked in as your uh, tight end one for the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I do think actually, though, I kind of expected uh, Hotter start. We talked about this on a previous episode. 
I think it's reasonable the first three games, four games, where Pat is still getting that connection established with Mm -hmm. his new wide receivers that, like, yeah, he's going to rely on the guy that's been there forever. I still think that it tapers off a little bit. But now I don't know what that looks like. I'm not about to say that Kelsey's going to bust the rest of the year, the second half, or anything crazy like that. But I do think it won't be quite as impressive as this week one Mm -hmm. going forward. But that's just me. Uh, but my reaction in week one is that any worries we might have had about Devontae Adams having a down transition year with the Raiders were assuaged this weekend. We basically got the kaput on, on that. Mm-hmm. I had talked about it. I don't know if he's going to be able to maintain the target share that he had with Aaron Rodgers, which was insanely high. You know, it's mid 30% high 30% target share for the last three years, basically. I said, man, there's just no way because Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, and and they're great players in their own own right. Devontae can't possibly keep that up. And then he comes out week one. He has 17 targets against the Chargers. That's a 46% share of the targets. That is scorching. Almost, by the way, for you non-mathematicians, that's almost 50%. And he ends up putting up a stat line of 10 receptions for 141 yards and a touchdown off of that. It's like, yeah, his old college quarterback is gunning for it. Every yep. time, just about. And, and he has no bones about that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, They must right, breakfast maybe, together. They must breakfast, <laughs> brunch, brinner. They must do it all together. Uh, but, you know, and I think some of it was just, Look, dude, we're going to prove some some doubters wrong this first week. Like, you and me, we're still right there. We're just going to do this. And part of it might have just been very intentional. Mm-hmm. And part of it is just Devontae Adams being that fucking good. Now, Darren Waller, again, very good. Hunter Renfro, very good. Players in their own right. They were the next closest in the target ladder here. They each had six apiece. Six apiece. Devontae Adams, 17. These guys, six apiece. Again, I'm not saying that this is going to track the rest of the season, that Devontae is now locked in for almost 50% of the targets every every single week. But what a goddamn showing. And it does make me feel like Mm -hmm. he's going to be right on track for where he has been the last couple of years. I was going to say, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities to see like a 30% target share again, based off of this week. Absolutely. In fact, mm-hmm. I think that should be expected. You know, that sort of regression, great. But if you're saying, well, now he's just magically going to float down to 20% after this crazy week one, I would have a bone to pick with that. So I really do think that we kind of have a solidification of that depth chart right now and who Derek Carr is going to look for. Uh, I still think both those other guys will have very usable weeks for fantasy. Mm-hmm. But Adams, yeah, you know, top three the rest of the way, absolutely for me. Yep. Yeah, I agree 100%. All right. Next on the docket here, our overreactions. You want to lead us off here, Jake, with your overreaction? I would love to because it's still fresh. It's freshy for everybody. This was the Monday night football game. This one I did watch basically start to finish. And, uh, you know, you and I were both coming into this season very keen on Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. And loving Cortland Sutton and thinking that that connection with Russell Wilson uh, would be the one that would be the one on the team to really solidify. 
did not look that way. So my overreaction, folks are saying the Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton connection is a poopy. It did not look good. It looked forced. It looked infrequent. And it just looked a little bit smoother with Jerry Judy in week one. Now, the whole offense for Denver, very questionable. And obviously, the big hullabaloo is about first-year head coach Nathaniel Hackett and his mm -hmm. decision-making throughout that game, yes. which is very, very questionable. And, of course, the very the final drive that lost it for them, where they kicked the 64-yarder instead of just letting Russell take a few more shots, you know, mm -hmm. take a fourth down attempt, like, that's going to come into question all year, probably. But, you know, I really do think that just saying, look, First week in such a spotlighted game with such a terrible finish, that's going to have the wheels spinning more for fantasy managers than it needs to. Because they're going to they're question the head coach, question Russell Wilson and whether they're going to let him flourish, question Cortland Sutton because he was not involved almost in the entire first half of the game. He didn't see a target until almost halftime. You know, Jerry Judy had a great uh, yak performance where he caught uh, just a simple little pass, took it to the house for a long touchdown, and you start to say, okay, well, maybe it's Judy's turn now. It, it, it mm -hmm. is a Judy year. I'm not, just, you have to temper that down. It's week one, again, spotlighted game. Cortland Sutton started to look really good in the second half when he got contested throws by Russell Wilson. Once he finally started doing that, Cortland looked like the player that I think we expect him to be, which is, yeah, he's not the smoothest route runner. That's not his game. That's, That's not, not his what game. we're hoping yeah. for. We're hoping for the contesting catches and the red zone targets. And the red zone targets have to come, especially after. Dustin, you must have just been, if you actually stayed late, awake long enough to watch Monday Night Football. I, I, I did not. I did not. I, I won't lie. You would have been so disappointed. Listeners, every time I watch a game with Dustin, and there's either a long, uh, say, third and thirteen. Or they're at near the goal line. If a coach runs a draw play in those circumstances, Dustin wants to just throw something against the wall, I'm sure. You know, you keep it's it all terrible inside, play, but I'm though. sure that's what you want. And they did that twice at the goal line. They ran a shotgun draw run, basically. Once with Melvin Gordon, once with Javante Williams. Both fumbled. Neither got to the end zone. You know, not only are they going to change that outlook and probably just do regular traditional running plays but mm -hmm. they'll probably get the the wide receivers involved there so long-winded way of saying Cortland Sutton's going to be just fine I have no issues with Russell and him connecting and Russell should have a lot better performances on the horizon as well mm -hmm. yeah I hope so Jake uh, for all my shares of Cortland Sutton because I was a big believer even after his down year last year I chalked it up just basically to the quarterback situation so I really hope that they get on the same page here and the season will turn around for them. I'm, I'm, I'm locking it in. It's, it's going to happen, Dustin. So what, what is your potential overreaction here? My overreaction is Trey Lance is garbage because he played awful in this week one matchup uh, against the Bears. So uh, it, it was not a pretty game. Uh, if the rain, I mean, I don't know if you saw clips, Jake, but the field 
looked like there was a, a layer of water on it. There was it was raining the entire fucking game. And it, I mean, one of those games that are like fun to play in as a player, like you love. I mean, I always loved it back in the day when I was throwing the football over the mountains. Um, I, I always just loved playing in the rain. Like it was so much fun. You know, it, I don't know what it was mm-hmm. about it. And you saw it at the end when the Bears won. They all did the slip and slide down the field. That's how much water there was. You got it. Yeah. So the, the playing conditions were terrible. So going into this week. One. Not every game is going to be a water game like that. So, I mean, that does change the game plan and how how the game rolls out. But also, they lost Elijah Mitchell now for an undetermined amount of time. Shocker, uh, San Francisco running back got injured. They need to do something it's with like their a strength. Curse. I know. They need to do something with their strength and conditioning coach. Uh, focus on those running backs a little bit more often. So, I'm sure that changed their whole game plan on the fly. Which Jeff Wilson, great pickup for the uh, week two here, if you so choose to have him. But um, yeah, I think Trey Lance is going to be just fine. There's going to be better days. We we expected to see some growing pains this year. Uh, really, he had very limited action last year, so it's essentially going into his rookie year this year. Don't overreact. Don't trade him. Don't drop him. For God's sakes, don't drop him. Uh, or no. <laughs> don't do that. There will be better days ahead of them. This offense will get on on task. And um, I didn't look to see who they are playing this week, but I would expect that this week we will see better things out of them. Um, just just chalk this one up as week one. It's the weather. And that's about it. Yeah. I, and I, this is actually a game that I watched um, basically all of because we were sitting there waiting for the Packers game to come on. We This was what was playing right before it. And yeah, the slop fest conditions, that happens maybe once every three years. There's mm-hmm. a game that is like that. You cannot expect. And Justin Fields on the other side of the ball was the same deal. I think he had six completions through like the third quarter because why are you you wouldn't you wouldn't even try to throw the ball unless there was a wide open Dante Pettis on the other side of the field for some reason uh which did happen but like otherwise you're going to keep things so contained and it's just like ball security mode you just want to make mm-hmm. sure you don't lose the ball in in those kind of games so uh, I'm 1000% with you. If somebody is foolish enough to trade away Trey Lance because of this game and because of Jimmy Garoppolo still hanging mm-hmm. out there, take advantage of that. Um, Dustin, before we move into our next uh, segment, we do have a question here from Hunter V18 in the chat. It says, start Najee Pierce, which I'm assuming is Damian Pierce, but correct us uh, if that's Alec Hunter. Johan Dotson. Or Mooney at flex. Well, Dustin, I I know my answer here um, because we're going to talk mm-hmm. about one of these players a little bit later. But who is yours? Um, I think I will go with. Um, I will probably go with Dotson. I I, I know it's kind of scary after um, having such a big week one, but I. I mean, I happen to disagree with your your Mooney take here that we're going to talk about here a little bit later, Jake. Uh, right. So I won't get into it too much. Um, I just don't like the matchup. And then uh, Pierce, I, I'm just not trusting at this point. And Najee, 
I just don't like the matchup against the Patriots. So, and Dotson is going against the, or the commanders are going against the Lions, uh, which Lions played surprisingly well this week. But I, I think that's probably the best matchup that uh, we'll see. So that's who I would go with. Uh, I, I don't mind Dotson, and I'm actually going to be talking about him in just a bit here as well. Uh, but I, you alerted to it, I really like Mooney for reasons I'll get into more in depth later, but I'm not scared of that matchup. What I did want to call out here was it's not unreasonable to sit someone like Najee Harris. I know that sounds crazy this early mm-hmm. week two. He is a very high draft pick. You got him in the first or second round, just depending. But his not only his matchup, but the foot injury does scare me. So he has a mm-hmm. foot injury that popped up here. He'd been dealing with a foot injury throughout the offseason that was kind of shrugged off a little bit. And now I wonder if that was just a player just saying, you know, screw it. Like, I'll play through anything. And, of course, a player doesn't want to admit uh, something really is bothering them that much. So now that it's kind of a reiteration of that foot injury, I'm I'm a little scared. Pierce, Damian Pierce, I just, you know, he's not getting targets. Burkhead is getting the targets for him, so I don't want to mess with him unless it's yep. a standard league. So I think we're just kind of split here. I'm perfectly fine with Dotson, but I would prefer Mooney. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. And then Let's... one more here, Jake. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Lance or Wentz? <sighs> Look, I'm going to side with you here, Dustin. I'm going to take Trey Lance. I think Carson Wentz had a pseudo-revenge game going against uh, Doug Peterson's mm-hmm. Jaguars in week one, and he looked great. Don't get me wrong. I think he's worthy of a, a waiver pickup. If you're struggling at the position, I don't think you are struggling if you have Trey Lance, but some other quarterbacks might, or two quarterback leagues, he's great. I would still take Trey Lance here for this week. Yeah, same here, Jake. All right, and then... Action. <laughs> was, that was that nice? Little, was that the, was that's the, the little clicker thing? thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, you know that what I was, was doing. Good. All right, so actions we should be taking for this week. Um, basically, mine, it's kind of a Homer thing here, but very valuable is. for everyone else. Uh, really, don't start any Packers fantasy players except the running backs so start aj Dillon, start aaron jones uh for right now uh until this offense gets gets things going here like i said uh, on the outset here lafleur has already said that they're going to get aaron jones more involved we saw aj Dillon do very well in his action this week catching the ball very nicely i must say very nice hands makes me very happy um but yeah the rest of the offense just looks out of sync right now. And I don't know if that's due to one, the big drop that Watson had, you know, the first offensive play of the game for the Packers. And that just kind of set them back at that point. And, and, or if it was just the Vikings with their new coach, they wanted, you know, they were really jacked up first game of the season. Uh, Packers Vikings is always a big rivalry game for the players. So maybe there's just a little bit more juice for the Vikings there. Um, you know, Rodgers just looked out of sync all, all game. Uh, we did see Tunyon get involved a little bit, but really he's more of the end zone uh, target that I want to see there. So I wouldn't start him until we start to see that Packers offense move a little bit more and get, get in the red zone. So, yeah, so that's my action for this week is just 
Start the running backs. You're safe there. Stay away from all other offensive uh, fantasy players until further notice. Till we, till we see this offense start to click a little bit. I, I was this close to wanting to push this into the overreaction category, Dustin, because I, I actually did just see today, you know, week one last year for the Packers. Also, terrible. I know. The Saints game. I remember. I remember. terrible. But I want to put this into context just a little bit. Agree with the running backs. I mean, you're starting A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones without hesitation. And they should both be considered top 15 options Mm -hmm. until further notice. I I still believe Aaron Jones, that's going to get corrected. The coach came out and said that's going to get corrected. But here's what I did want to point out. This is just a fun little exercise, Dustin. I'm not saying that this necessarily changes your action, but context. Last year, week one, Aaron Rodgers, 3.3 fantasy points. He was the QB 34. Aaron Jones, 4.2 fantasy points, RB 51. Devontae Adams, 10.6. Actually, respectable, but not great wide receiver 53. Mercedes Lewis was the top scoring tight end in that first week with 2.9 fantasy points. The rest of the way, Aaron Rodgers, 22.2 fantasy points. Right. Aaron Jones, 16.1. Adams, 22.3. It's it's coming. You don't what have I will to remind say... me. I, I know how bad the season started last year. But the difference is, I mean, we've had Adams for how many years? And he was Rodgers' binky there on that offense, where he know he could go to them at any given time. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to come down with it. He doesn't have that anymore. Yeah, he's got Aaron Jones. Maybe Tunyon could be that guy when he gets back up to full speed. Maybe. But how often are you going to see him, you know, split out wide or anything? He's more of an inline tight end going out to catch passes. So and until he earns that confidence, and we know how he is with rookies uh, on this team. I mean, we've seen it for years. If, if a rookie screws up, you're in his doghouse. And I, they can't afford to do that this year because they have no one else. So right. it'll be interesting to see how the dynamics play out on this offense. It it scares me. I'm not going to lie. It, it scares me. I, I know eventually the ship will get corrected and, and we'll see fantasy goodness out of this offense. Uh, probably more so, like I said, from Rodgers and Tunyon more than maybe yes. the wide receivers. But until we start to see that, I just I'm very nervous. That's fair. No, I, I just again, I wanted to. Bring it into a little context box there mm-hmm. with some of that because I, I do definitely think there's better days. And I'm saying this as the guy who ranked Aaron Rodgers super low coming into this year. I was way below consensus, but I just don't I don't want the the reaction to go too far. Mm-hmm. With that. But I definitely get where you're coming from. My action, uh I, I alluded to this earlier. You should be scooping up Washington players off of waivers. And my preference i don't think it's blowing any minds here but it's Jahan dotson then curtis samuel then logan thomas and if you are hurting for a quarterback i have no issues with picking up carson Wentz. again i just a four touchdown game is going to be rare from carson wentz i Mm -hmm. think this year so even with the two interceptions he was just slanging it he was slanging it all game long i think that gets pulled back and reined in just a little bit but i don't think it's Pulled back enough that it stops these guys from being fantasy relevant. I wanted to highlight, I mean, all of them, again, looked really great. And Jahan Dotson, surest hands of any rookie that I've seen mm-hmm. in quite some time here. But Curtis Samuel, a really huge surprise. 
You know, he's been injured off and on, especially last year, but even the year prior. So we never really got to see him with Washington, truly, and what they had envisioned for him. Well, mm-hmm. what they had envisioned was 11 targets and four carries. You know, he ended up getting a, a touchdown out of it, 21 fantasy points. Like, that's massive. It's corny and uh, it's lame, but yeah, Debo Samuel light, light. Like that's that that seems like what they want the role to be for him. And that makes sense because Brian Robinson was injured. They're running back there. So they want to get him some carries. It's not going to be outrageous, but it's enough to bolster his floor. I think he's a really incredible flex play that you should be trying to get. Again, Johan mm-hmm. Dotson, we already talked about. But Logan Thomas, fucking Logan Thomas, man. I was and we early in the offseason. I had really great things to say about Logan Thomas because I acknowledged I failed in recognizing how good he was going to be last year, even in the few games that he played. He was actually so really good, and then he just got injured. I didn't think he was going to be ready to start the damn season, and all of a sudden, two days Mm -hmm. basically before kickoff, they're like, yep, he's going to be out there, and he's going to be you know, limitless, and he fucking was. I mean, he played 62% of snaps, six targets, 45 yards. It's not an incredible stat line but this dude just coming off an acl tear late last season again i think it was like week 10 or something he tore it again i mean he looked like he really didn't miss a step and Mm -hmm. carson will eventually start targeting him even more as he gets comfortable i'm sure one little bit one little stat i want to throw out there per jacob gibbs from twitter he had the six most air yards amongst all tight ends and that's like what he was Mm-hmm. when he was healthy in 2020 and the couple of games who saw him healthy in 2021. So I'm actually kind of interested. And I think what is going overlooked is like Carson Wentz is going to have to throw it a lot this year. I just, I think that team is going to be put in those situations where they'll have to catch up a lot. So who knows who it's going to be, who's weak, but all of them should see relevance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that will do it for our, Action, reaction, overreaction segment for week one here. Let's get into looking forward to week two. Now, Jake, looking at the schedule, is there any games you really want to highlight for this week or not so much? Look, I'll be I'll be honest. Week one was so much better from uh, <laughs> just a pure. Pre- and the schedulers know this. That That's their whole yes. job, right? Is they get all the revenge games in week one. All of what they think the high-scoring, you know, interdivisional mm-hmm. games will be, they've front-loaded. But there are still some great ones. I mean, Thursday night football is still going to be incredible because it's Chargers-Chiefs. I think Herbert the NFL finally Holmes. heard that um, people hated Thursday night football because the games are always <laughs> terrible. So they're really trying to get us just sunk into Thursday night football now by having two great games back-to-back. Yes, and, and I respect it. Hey, you did the right mm-hmm. thing, schedulers in there. So that's the easy one out of the gate. We don't need to talk about that too much because we've we've hit on it a lot. I will say the thing about that game that's going to be most important to look for is Keenan Allen. Is Keenan Allen actually going to come back? Sound, it's not looking good. It seems mm-hmm. like he's going to miss three to four games based on the, the injury that he sustained week one. So Mike Williams obviously gets a huge bump. Josh Palmer would get a really nice bump for me. Austin Eckler mm-hmm. would get a really nice bump if Keenan Allen is out. Uh, but the one other game that I wanted to highlight real quick um, is, I don't know, Dustin, tell me if I'm crazy. 
And part of me wanted to make a beer bet about this. Oh. Actually, you know what? I'm going to save that one for the beer bet part of it. Let's, Because it is my turn. I forgot. You did last week, so yep. it is my turn for that. Let me turn my attention then to uh, the Cardinals and Raiders. So mm-hmm. after the game on Sunday, it's a great one. There was some disappointment. At least it, it seemed like tepid. Cardinals, kind of tepid. Hollywood Brown, <sighs> totally fine. Totally mm-hmm. fine. Not the guy I thought week one he would be, especially considering Zach Ertz had a little bit of the injury still lingering there. DeAndre Hopkins being out, nobody else really there. He he was fine, but he wasn't what I want him to be. Mm -hmm. So I'll be very curious. Could be another shootout. That's what I like about the Raiders. Derek Carr is going to have them in a lot of shootouts this year. So anybody that you want to highlight from that game? From that, that it's no. like that's like a guaranteed. Like I'm keeping my eye on this guy. Obviously not Devontae, but anybody else that no, keeps your interest. No, no, you said it, Hollywood. I mean, he's the guy. I've invested in him uh, in many places this off season, so I have a vested interest for my fantasy squads. So I'd like to see him turn it around and really break loose this week and have a good week. Yeah, yeah, and and it would be interesting too. I'll see. Uh, you know, James Conner's usage is going to be something to track for the first like six weeks basically because we we really don't know their intentions with that backfield and, and if it's going to look exactly like last year so I'm, I'm intrigued with that I'm also intrigued with the Raiders backfield I mm-hmm. mean last week not a great showing all around I had hopes for Amir Abdullah in the James White role that just is not a thing that's your so problem I'm, we're going to cut bait immediately I'm not going to get caught in that trap that train um, never even came to the station yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I am curious, like, does Josh Jacobs actually get a reasonable mm-hmm. uptick? I've been low on him, but not here to toot my own horn. I'm just curious if they actually do bump that up or not. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, uh, game that peeks out to you? I think one that's just interesting um, just to see how it plays out is the Dolphins-Ravens game. I don't know. Just more of that ground-and-pound offense from the Ravens. Their, their solid defense versus this new upstart uh offense for the Dolphins so that that's the one I, I think is just interesting I do think that's really interesting also mm-hmm. I love this uh comment from Mr. Stampers in the chat supply chain affected the Abdullah train it Not- sure did the supply mm-hmm. chain being targets I guess in this analogy here mm-hmm. there was not a lot of them to go around uh, all right we got one more question here from the chat Jake I want to hit up here uh, should I trade Tyreek and CH for AJ Brown and Dylan? Yes. 1,000. Yeah. I don't even need to. Uh, there is more context here. Mm-hmm. Thinks it's Pacheco season, like AJ Brown, hurts connection mm-hmm. more. Yes. 1,000%. Yeah. I, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell can both be good. I don't think mm-hmm. both can be great. I know that Tyreek actually did have a good week one showing. That was nice to see. Mm-hmm. But AJ Brown. That's no joke. Him and that yep. offense is no joke this year. Mm-hmm. And A.J. Dillon, I mean, it could be a little bit of back and forth with him and Aaron Jones. But again, both could be top 15 guys legitimately because of how this offense is shaped. Yep. Agree 100%. Woo. Okay. On to our starts of the week. Let's do it. Let's recap. Well, <laughs> let's yes. bring it back let, around let, to last let's, week first. Let's recap. Um, 
I will say, Jake, you missed on yours. Um, sure. You you were hoping for the week one Sammy Watkins revival that that has happened. Uh, sadly, versus Minnesota, he only had four point eight fantasy points, so kind of a miss there for you. Abysmal. Mine, I will take it as an. I, I'll take it, but it's not like okay. it was a great outing. It was okay. It was respectable. Uh, I had Juju versus Arizona ended up with eleven point nine, so at least hit double digit points. Uh, so I don't feel too terrible about that one. He but didn't like lose said, your week. He yeah, certainly didn't exactly. lose your week. Exactly. Yeah. So let's move on to the start of the week for this week, Jake. I've been waiting All right. for this. Let's let's hear you uh, badmouth my start of the week, but it is an anti-homer pick for me this week. This is Darnell Mooney at Green Bay, and it's very simple, Dustin. You talked about it already last week or week one with San Francisco and Chicago. That was the slop game. That was the, the rain mud game. We didn't really get to see anything. And, and I, you know, luckily I'd sat Darnell Mooney because of the weather there, and, and that was great. But... What we saw in the Minnesota Green Bay game, Dustin, which we both watched very closely, was mm-hmm. concerning because Justin Jefferson went the fuck off almost to the tune of 200 us. yards and Ooh. two touchdowns. Like it was damn close to that stat line. What was concerning was the comments after the fact. So, this defense, which I think both you and I really like the Green Bay defense this year in theory mm-hmm. because that secondary should be incredible. You got Jair Alexander, who we know to be uh, wonderful, one one of the best corners in the league. That's not us talking. That is actual experts saying this, yep. right? And yep. then Rasul Douglas, who we saw great things from last year, who had to step in in a pinch, got big money this offseason, mm-hmm. looked fantastic. Our uh, Eric Stokes. Rookie last year, corner, who did great things last yep. year. First round pick, came in this year. We're, we're like, all right, th- these this trio should be amazing. And with all that said, Justin Jefferson just basically uncovered for a lot of the day because they decided to use a zone defense scheme and didn't adapt at all. And the post-game comments from Matt LaFleur suggested that they won't adapt to that that this is their scheme they're not going to let week one dictate everything which is fine (laughs) and the bears do not have the same caliber of offense that the vikings do obviously you know Mm -hmm. there is really maybe two threats it's darnell mooney and then cole Komet. if you want to lump uh david montgomery in there you're free to i don't think his team wants to but you're free to uh but I really do think that this is a case. If you're just going to be doing the zone coverage all game long, there's still going to be plenty of openings for Darnell Mooney to get going. Maybe this is a game where, you know, the Bears play from behind, fingers crossed. But mm-hmm. either, way, either way, this is big play potential in a guy, you know, going against the defense that that's what they're doing right now. They They are unfortunately allowing those big plays, and I don't think it's going to change. So, Darnell Mooney, look, it's not going to be a Justin Jefferson stat line, but I think he's going to be very solid this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like this at all. I do think that the Packers defense will rebound a bit this week and they will take care of some of these glaring uh, deficiencies that we saw. And let's be honest, Justin Jefferson, 
if you're trying to compare Justin Jefferson to Darnell Mooney, I'm not you are doing out that. Out of your fucking mind. I'm not uh, doing that. They're, they're not even close to the same receiver. Uh, Justin Jefferson is just a special kind of receiver. Uh, there's uh-huh. a reason why he's had like the most receiving yards in the first two years in the league because uh, he is that special a player. So I, I understand what you're saying, Jake. We what we saw this last week out of the Packers defense was not great at all. In fact, it was the complete opposite of great. And I understand the concern, but like you said, this, this Bears offense is not something special, I hope. Um, and I, I do expect the defense to rebound a bit this week. So, Well, it's uh, a win-win for me, Dustin, because guess what? If he does poorly, that means the Bears lose basically automatically. But if he does all right, then my fantasy prognostication has come through. So let's move mm-hmm. on to your week two start. Yeah, so my week two start this week is DJ Chark versus Washington. Now, he had a very respectable week one here uh, for the Detroit offense. Uh, someone that we, we figured would be the number two or number three option in this offense. If you say TJ Hawkinson would be the number two behind Amon Rossi Brown. Uh, had a respectable, came in as wide receiver 22 on the week. Uh, had eight targets, four receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown, which you love to see. Uh, the Washington defense, not great. Um, they gave up a lot of points this last week. Uh, they're actually 23rd ranked defense against wide receivers. So, yeah, I think this is a good matchup. I think DJ Chark was being undervalued going into this offense for the season. And I really like what this Detroit uh, offense is, is going to look like and what they're doing for this upcoming season. And I think it's just a really good matchup. So uh, if you're looking for like a good flex option for this week, I think you could do worse than DJ Chark. Yeah, I would agree with that. I am curious. So you said something very interesting, you know, about kind of the hierarchy on that team. Mm-hmm. Because and I this is my time where I have to give you some flowers. I have to give you some props here because DeAndre oh. Swift was the I did focal want to rub point. it in your face, but uh the I know you're focal point. You're so oh, no. anti uh DeAndre Swift. So I was, I was so just gonna anti. let you base in the fact that um I was right after week one. I mean I don't, I don't want a victory lap after a week <laughs> one uh, uh, uh blow up game here, but since you brought sure. it up, I, I will a little bit. Take take that bow, <laughs> Dustin. You deserve it here because you know, if if indications from this game hold over for the rest of the season, that's going to be a massive miss for me and, and a huge rightful uh, connection for yourself there. Of course, we'll see if, if that's mm-hmm. just what the game plan was for week one. Yep. Yep. If the guys do get more involved, because as you said, you know, in terms of hierarchy, now Amon Ra was still heavily targeted. I mean, got 12 targets in that game. That was wonderful. But DJ Chark, DJ Hawkins said everybody was involved. I mean, Jamal Williams. Let me give myself at least the tiniest sliver, just the tiniest, just to get me through this week. Because I did, I was a little concerned about his implementation mm-hmm. there, stealing away from Swift and and Jamal Williams did get a lot of the red zone work. He did, um, I know, and he got he got that first touchdown in, at the goal line there early in the game, and I was like, got oh two no, touchdowns Jake was right. <laughs> that week. Yeah, two touchdowns out of the week, so he definitely has you know sniping ability. But mm-hmm. hey, if Swift is going to get the workload that he got, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, you know, and, and if this Swift, offense uh, is going to be this potent from what we saw, 
yeah, then there's room for all these pieces on this offense to have fantasy value for you this year. Absolutely. Just real quick, mm-hmm. would you still start Amon Ra over DJ this week? Oh, yeah, Or is absolutely. that even in contention? Okay. No, no, no. Amon Ra is basically a, a must-start until further notice. Uh, he is the number one option on this team. Good deal. I like it. All right, Jake. Beer bet? Yep. It's my time to shine. It's my time to shine. So, again, I wanted to highlight this uh, earlier, but I wanted to savor it for this one. So, again, just a quick little bat pat for us last week. I promise this is only as a prelude to this beer bet, but I want to talk about the Falcons and Rams. For hours. So last week, you know, a lot of issues, a lot of concerns on our end about Cam Akers and what he would actually be able to do. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything mm-hmm. in that first week. And that's it's a little scary. Now, Daryl Henderson, who we were a little bit higher on, did something. He was fine. He was fine. He was respectable. He was OK. Again, didn't lose here your week. I think he got about 12 fantasy mm-hmm. points. So fine. Now, this week, though. I want to pit the backfields against each other because in Atlanta, a guy I had hopes for a little bit was Tyler Algier, a rookie running back coming in there. He was a healthy scratch this first week. Saw nothing. It was the Cordero Patterson show once again in Atlanta. I don't think either of us saw this coming. We Mm -hmm. were both kind of riding that wave of like, yeah, he's the trap to some extent, you know, but he proved himself. Um, so Dustin, what I would like to do this week is just put the backfields against each other. So the Atlanta backfield versus the Rams backfield, total points, PPR. What do you think? I will take the Rams backfield. Ooh, Mm -hmm. interesting. Now, does this mean that you... Think Acres will be a little bit more involved, or you just really like Henderson? Uh, I, I it's a little of both. I think this offense will get back on track after facing this Bills defense last week. You have to remember the Atlanta defense is not great, so yeah. I I, th- I I think there there will be more fantasy production all around for this Rams offense, and uh, if they're far enough ahead late in the game, you know they're going to salt it away by running it. So I think that that will lead to more fantasy production out of the backfield rather than the Atlanta backfield this week. Yeah, that's fair. I will say Atlanta was a surprise all around. The whole team mm-hmm. was a surprise. Um, yeah, yeah, they some moved in good well, ways. fairly well. Yeah, some good ways, some bad ways. Kyle Pitts, not really an integral part of, of them moving the ball, but um, the rest of the team looked great. Cordero Patterson kind of glossed over this, but 22 rushing attempts for 120 yards and a touchdown, five targets, three receptions. It wasn't the targets that really saved his fantasy day. It was just his pure mm-hmm. rushing production. So it is a little scary to rely on that from him this week. So I, I get why you made that pick uh, to go with the Rams. I'm hoping that his targets come back around a little bit to go early weeks from last year, you know, where he was saying eight to 10 targets basically every game. That's what I'm going to hope for. I don't think Algier is really, again, going to be, he'll probably be a healthy scratch again. Um, And it'll basically be Cordero. So we'll see, but I'll I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Because I have to. It's your bet. You have to. Okay. 
So that really does it for this week, folks. Um, hopefully we gave you some some good ideas here of what to look for, some actions to take. Hopefully we talked you off the ledge for some overreactions here uh, that you may have been uh, uh, facing. And uh, it's on to week two, as Bill would say. It's on to week two. Uh, you just can't look back, only can look forward. Another week to win your fantasy lineups and march on towards that championship. Any uh, final words here for, for you, Jake, before we sign off? A couple of quick things just to highlight. Take advantage of waivers, but again, don't tilt and do something stupid like drop a top five you know, round draft pick just because they underperformed in week one. So be vigilant, um, but also just a little bit of caution there about your waivers. So happy mm-hmm. waiver hunting for everybody and can't wait to come back next week. Yep. As always, folks, uh, if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can watch us live every single week. You can find us here, same time, same day, every single week and see our beautiful faces, along with these sultry voices you hear over audio every week. Uh, Go out and give us a, a rate and review. Helps people find us. We really appreciate it. We're on pretty much any podcast platform that is out there. And if yours is not, let us know. We'll we'll try to make that happen. Our DMs are open all season long here. Any start sit questions you have, trade questions, uh, or even non fantasy football related questions, we are here for you. We are the one stop shop for you. Um, but otherwise, just go out, have some fun. It's fantasy football season. Football's back. Let's just enjoy it. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, Jeff Evers. <laughs>